the class with me, Luke. And me, Rose. This week's episode is brought to you from southern Spain. We went to the seaside this weekend uh, for a friend's birthday. Shout out to you, Shona. Oh, Shona Ishari Puri. <laughs> You're going to get loads of friend requests on Facebook after this. <laughs> uh, and it is also exclusively brought to you by Rose. Because this week I was a little bit incapacitated after a heavy weekend. So, uh, enjoy. I'm going to listen to it for the first time right now. So, I spoke to Teresa and Caitlin, who are a couple of friends that we have out here in Madrid. Um, they both have taught here. Caitlin has also taught in other places. And they both now don't teach any longer. So, we spoke about teaching, but also not teaching, and how you transition from one to the other. And the joys of living in Madrid, and also elsewhere in the world. So, without further ado... Enjoy. So I'm joined today by Teresa and Caitlin, a couple of friends um, here in Madrid, except we are actually in Malaga for a friend's birthday down by the seaside and it's very beautiful. Teresa, why don't you start by introducing yourself and telling us a bit about when you've taught English. Okay, so I'm Teresa from Leicester and I started Basically, I wanted to learn Spanish and I thought, how can I fund this? Because I haven't got enough savings. I'm not going to be able to get a normal job in Spain because of the economy. So I looked into teaching and I found TT Madrid. It's quite famous and loads of people have been since I've been because I've recommended it. It's great. I had the best time ever. I loved it. It's like the best month. And from then, so it was like an intense month of teacher training. Mm taught you everything, all the practical stuff, and from then I just went on and found found jobs. They help you find jobs. Pay is really good in terms of you're able to get by, save a little bit of money. Wow, that sounds good. How did you... Um, did you have to pay for the teacher training? Was it, like, a reasonable...? Oh, no. Wow. <laughs> no, it was reasonable. I think it was a 1000 Yeah, for what for you get for a month yeah. of good quality that's for training. It was also... I don't know, I have such fond, fond memories because it was your home as well and afterwards they would always look after you if you ever had a problem, even if it was a year afterwards and you wow. didn't know where to turn to. You could ask them, like, I'm really not sure what I want to do and they would always help. They'd just like, come around, have coffee and they were lovely. Aww. Yeah, they probably didn't remember you but they'd pretend that they did. <laughs> they were really nice. So then what were the teaching jobs that you got afterwards? So, the first one was horrendous, it was horrible, but I did that for the longest because I got a job in a school, but not as an auxiliar, which is Mm. the normal one that you would do. Yeah. It was as the English teacher of year three, and they didn't speak English, (laughs) I didn't speak Spanish. It was horrible, (laughs) it was horrible. But I learnt a lot, and I became, it helped me with my Spanish actually, to be fair, Mm. and I got through it. Did you do that for the whole academic year? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was really hard because I felt like, you know, when you start something and although you're hating it the whole time, (laughs) you feel like you can't, you have to finish it, you have to get to the end. You can't let them down, you can't, it'd be good for me. I was like, oh, it's going to be good for me if I get to the end. I'll have learned a lot about myself and have become confident, etc., etc. So I'm glad I finished. 
but that made me realise I didn't want to teach children. Mm. So I went on to teaching adults, which I enjoyed a lot more. So I do think it's a good idea to decide which path that you want to go because it's completely different. Yeah, I guess with adults, it's so much easier to communicate. Yeah, exactly. And they already have like a basic level of English at least, so you can kind of, yeah. it's easier to teach. They probably behave a little bit better yeah, as well. Exactly. <laughs> but, I don't know. I like the job. The job that I had afterwards was with English Cafe, mm. which meant that we just went to cafes and it was more conversation. So we were being sent to cafes all over Madrid, which helped me discover the city a little bit more. Everyone was really young. It was really nice. Oh, that sounds yeah. lovely. So how long did you work for them for? For about six months. And that was all, all of that was really me trying to get my Spanish up to scratch to start then looking for jobs that weren't in teaching because that's not initially what I wanted to do as a career. Mm. It was great to get by and then I decided to start looking for non-teaching jobs. Okay, well, I'll talk to you a little bit more about that in a second, but let's bring Caitlin in. <laughs> uh, so, Caitlin, um, please introduce yourself and tell us your story about teaching. Um, my name is Caitlin. I'm half Austrian, half American, and uh, pretty much grew up in Spain, so there are a lot of English teaching opportunities around. Um, I've actually taught in Spain, in Milan, and in Thailand. Wow. Cool. <laughs> so how do those places compare? Well, Spain and Italy were my amateur teaching days because that was before I got a certificate. And then, um, and that was also before university. And then when I graduated, um, I was back home in Madrid and I didn't know what I wanted to do. And I wanted to escape and I found a TEFL course online and I decided to do it for under, I think, 200 bucks. Mm -hmm. um, and it was only a couple of weeks. It flew by and I immediately started applying. So I figured um, that was my way out. And Thailand was just somewhere I wanted to go far and new. Yeah. And it was really exciting. I don't forget it at all. I actually miss it a lot. <laughs> How long were you in Thailand for? I was there for nine months. And when I initially went, I went um, through an academy, which is the best way to do it if you're going abroad, especially to a country like Southeast Asia. Um, and I started teaching in a public school. And the school had about 3,000 students, of which I had 800. So there were like 50 to a class. Whoa and I was 24 years old. So it was quite interesting teaching 16 and 18 year olds or even 13 year olds, because then you think, oh my God, I'm closer to them in age than I am to the other teachers. So respect was a little difficult, uh, especially as a foreign woman. Uh, you definitely had to overcome certain cultural barriers and difficulties there, but it all paid off. And um, actually I started teaching seven days a week because then I started teaching younger kids who were doing after school weekend classes uh, because I was helping out a foreign family trying to stay in Thailand. Wow. So that was a nice variety of kids that I got to teach yeah. there. So I think my favorite to answer your question was Thailand, yeah. Yeah. And do you remember any instances of the cultural differences that you had to overcome? Definitely. So, um, like I said, being foreign is difficult because in Thailand, I mean, I don't want to speak ill of the culture, but it's definitely different, so we have to acknowledge it. So they're very strict with their students, and 
they actually hit their students. Really? Yeah. Wow. I remember I was teaching and I saw a, a teacher line up her students outside of one of my classrooms and she just smacked all of them one after all the other. All of them? Yeah, but I mean, at that age, they're kind of used to it and then they laugh it off. But for me, it was very different. Yeah. Um, and I think that they're used to having more respect and they have more discipline when it comes to Thai teachers themselves. But with us, it was more like aloof and they didn't take us as seriously probably because you didn't hit them yeah, most likely, yeah. yeah. And which is nothing I would ever want to do either and resources I wasn't given any really and I remember there were holes in the floor holes in the desks um, it didn't have a lot of money in the school and or or the principal would try and sneak away of uh, cutting our paychecks and salaries and so we had to fight for them you know the small things but it makes you laugh and it really taught me life lessons along the way it taught me to be mature and fight for things stand up for your beliefs and meanwhile adapt to theirs a great experience and what about living in Thailand just in general it was beautiful I was sent to um, a really small town of about 30,000 people, so it was remote, not most Thai people know about it. And I think that I got the most authentic experience I could have asked for. You know, I wasn't sent to the islands or Bangkok or Phuket. Mm. It was real Thailand. Yeah, no full moon parties for you then? Not a single <laughs> film in sight, which I'm grateful for. <laughs> yeah, that I guess people who go and see that side of Thailand it's a very different experience to the one you had definitely what about in Milan what was your experience in Milan in Milan I didn't only teach English um, I remember I actually moved there for an ex-boyfriend haha <laughs> <laughs> um, it was only a summer thing so I was waitressing but on the side just to earn more money I would teach English and German and Spanish and he was studying in Bocconi so I did that typical pin your advertisement to the corkboard thing and see if anybody calls. And I got a few calls and just taught here and there just to earn a bit of money. So you were doing sort of private lessons, going to people's homes yeah. and teaching children or adults? Um, at that point, it were, they were university students and adults, yeah. Mm. And so then you taught in Madrid as well? Yeah. Yeah, uh, before and after TEFL. So even when I was younger, instead of the standard babysitting job, a lot of the times my summers would be occupied by teaching. And it would be younger kids or adults. And um, like I said, after I got my TEFL, it's a lot easier to find more serious jobs. So I'd be teaching um, kindergarten students after school or business uh, students as well and companies. But you didn't do it for very long. No, it's always a way to get easy money when you're back from a trip or something and yeah. looking for something else. Yeah, it's a good resource. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, okay, so before we move on to what you guys do now and living in Madrid and everything, um, mm -hmm. do either of you have any standout memories of being in the classroom? Any ridiculous stories or heartwarming stories? Oh, I remember with the kids, because I hadn't really been around kids, at all. They were the worst with me. They always played up with me and they managed to um, flood the toilets. Twice. <laughs> Do you remember how schools, they'd have the classroom and the toilet in between, so the, the water would go into the classroom next door. It was just absolutely... I remember just thinking, what the hell am I doing? And I always used to really worry because I'd have 30 kids and I used to picture like, oh my God, I'm going to be in the news. I'm going to be... 
expat comes to Spain and children die or whatever. It's just... It used to worry me constantly. I don't know why I put myself through it, honestly. Exilia, I think, is great. Mm. But if you don't have teaching experience, I think it's a really big responsibility to be the teacher of a class without yeah. an assistant. 30 kids. It's very different. Running around, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. But it made me want kids, which was strange. Oh, never that's really interesting. Kids yeah. yeah. Well, I never thought about it. And once I was there, I was like, oh, yeah, I want one of them. Oh, because yeah. they were just really sweet, yeah. as well as naughty. As well as naughty. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, so it didn't put you off kids for, kids no, for life no, then? No, no, no. Oh. No. Yeah. Oh, that's lovely. Yeah, I definitely, because uh, I, I work in a primary school and as an auxiliar. And yeah, I really really enjoy being around the kids they're just so even when they're even though they are naughty sometimes they're just so funny and cute and just yeah Yeah. that's great (laughs) um and what about you caitlin um how much time have we got (laughs) go on this is just a lot um (laughs) adults are very nice because they express their gratitude a lot more so in that sense it's a lot more fun but kids i absolutely adore as well just because when they get that click and you see it on their face and they're excited about it, that's the most gratifying part of it, really. But um, I would say more than anything, my fun experiences were in Thailand and I had kids who were very um, explorative, let's say, because they would, you know, as a woman you have to wear a skirt that covered your knees, but of course little kids would uh, put their hands under your skirt <laughs> and what they want to do or they would grab your breasts and whatnot yeah. <laughs> really because they're like they want to see if you're a lady boy or not oh. because you're foreign and they don't know you or um, I have quite a bridged nose being Austrian <laughs> they would come up to me and stroke my nose <laughs> and touch it whatnot because they're flat you know it's different <laughs> so there was a lot of or they would touch your hair you know they just really want to explore how different you are um, but I did love certain classes uh, for example, there was one time I was trying to teach them to introduce themselves as being from Thailand, I can speak Thai, I am Thai, and we would try and explore other nationalities. And at one point, um, I was doing an oral t- test exam, and this one kid had come up and nailed all of the nationalities I threw at him, and then some. And I said, where did you learn these? Because he was going, I am Portuguese, I am Chinese, I am Norwegian, and everything. And I thought, what? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't remember some of these nationalities that we went over. And he said, no, no, I listened to the song Let It Go, uh, Frozen, in oh. 25 different languages. Oh, wow. You know, the YouTube video. So he oh. learned it on himself, and then he brings it to class, and he's oh. so excited about it. And it's something different and unique to them, and you just love those moments. I thought they really didn't like me as well and then one of their exams I did for the end of the year I said what did you learn what didn't you like what was your favorite topic and everything and a lot of them were a lot of you know goodbye I love teacher Caitlin messages yeah they were very sweet and I really thought they disliked me (laughs) and then I got all these little love notes and I thought I I still have them I kept them all wow (laughs) so what made you think that they didn't like you Mostly because they would not pay attention. Um, tests, they would cheat. Uh, they wouldn't show up to my classes. The small things, you know, where they seemed very demotivated and like they weren't learning. And like I said the before, the disrespectful factor as well. Mm. I thought they didn't like me. A lot of students did. Um, but when you have 800 as well, you can't please all of them. Yes. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't too, yeah. too bothered about it. So what were your impressions of the Thai education system? 
It varies. It's so different. I think it's very um, strict. I think these kids are smart. Um, you know that Asian mentality where they study a lot, even on weekends. Um, and But where I lived, like I said, it was a public school and it was very... Uh, there was quite a bit of poverty where I lived as well, so you could see that the parents were really struggling to put their kids through school. A lot of the kids would really fight for their education and really study wow. to the test. So, mm. um, the education system in itself different. I don't think that it would work for me per se, but it works for them. Mm. And so, Teresa, your school—I I assume it was a private school. If no, or it no. Was one of those what they call the in-between ones. Oh, um, con, con something. Con, con. Anyway, it's in between private right. and public, which I've heard is supposed to be the best ones, and okay. it was a good school. Apart from, in terms of, because I think in England you'd perhaps have the ratio of children to students um, and the teacher is, I think, two, two teachers to five children or something like that, if they're that young, if they're three years old. Oh, right. Where it is one teacher and 30 students. I think that's ridiculous. But the actual that thing that they were a lot, learning, isn't it? Yeah. That's a lot of pressure, as you were saying, like, and obviously Dangerous. led to you being so worried about them. Yeah. Little three-year-olds running yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. But in terms of what they were learning, and I sometimes sat in their normal classes with their, with their Spanish tutor, and they had really good materials, the teachers were really good. Mm. Yeah. What is the the in between? Obviously, we can't remember the name for it. But in between public and private, like how does that work? Where does the money come from? Why do they exist? I think some money comes from the state, and then the parents pay for the other half. Right. So they don't pay the full tuition, but they do pay. So yeah. This is the half. Interesting. Half. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Food was really good as well, which I was impressed with. Oh. Yeah. Really good. Did you get it? Yeah. For free? Yeah. Nice. Loads of free vegetables. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they did. Jamie would be proud. Would <laughs> Not be proud. a turkey twizzler in sight. Ah, that's great. Right. Okay, anything else you want to add about teaching before we move on a bit? I don't know. I think it's a real good experience to have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. a real good confidence booster, good for practising um, public speaking. Oh, yeah. Definitely. And it's always something... That I always know I have to fall back on, right? Yeah. Which is nice. nice yeah. Security. Mm, definitely. Mm. So then, both of you stopped teaching and moved on to other things. So, Teresa, what do you do now? Now I work as a um, technical support agent for a company that's in New Zealand. So I work remotely, um, and we all do. All, the whole team is remotely remote. Sorry. And I write technical blogs, I, any help that they need, any help that our customers need, I'm there to try and fix whatever problem that they so have. So did you have a technical background before? No, no, it was more the customer service that they were oh, right. for. Because they said that the technical side of it you can learn because a lot of the issues that come up repeat. So yeah. you've done it a couple of times, you know. Oh, wow. Yeah, so I've a lot. Yeah. Mm. And so how did you get into that job then? How did you find... Because you said earlier it's difficult. You thought you would come to Madrid to teach because it's difficult to find other types of jobs because of yeah. the economy. So how did you get into that? I just spent the day um, just applying for things on Indeed, just Google searching, LinkedIn, everything, just trying all, all the platforms that I could. 
and I applied for this one randomly. I, didn't, I remember I didn't even think much of it and I got a email asking for an interview and I thought it was a fake job. I went, <laughs> went to the interview and we met in um, a cafe near Gran Vía and she was obviously said that you work from home, this, that, that. And then they made me an offer and the money was good as well. And I was like, this cannot be. I was like, I'm really worried. And I got a friend, Shona, actually, to read the email and research the company. I was like, do you think it's going to be a big con? And it, and it wasn't. It wasn't. It was, and apparently I spoke to my other colleagues and everybody thought the same. And I was like, this is too... <laughs> too good to be yeah. true. Why would they let us work from home? This is crazy. Oh, wow. So, and do you enjoy working from home then? Yeah. No, I really do. Mm. A lot of independence. Flexibility, I think it shows a lot of respect from our employees as well, that they trust us to yeah. employers and just let us get on with things. Yes. Yeah. help. Like, there's a lot of self-training, which is really, really good. And do you think that you would have been able to get that job, like, from the, if you were in the UK, like, wanting to go out to Spain, would you have been able to find jobs in Spain easily? Or do you think you have to come here first? I think, well, it was always my uh, assumption that you needed to know Spanish, you needed to be here first, but I do know people that haven't done that. Yeah. come here and haven't done the teaching and don't know Spanish. I think it all depends on what kind of experience that you have. And that's the way that I went, but to be fair, I didn't actually apply for anything that other than teaching for the first year. Mm. So maybe I could have, but I don't know. Yeah, yeah. it's interesting. Yeah, I think I think it's, it's difficult to be like, to have the confidence that you'll be able to find something when yeah. you're, you know, you haven't left yet, you're still at at home in the UK, sort exactly. of trying to make that plan. It's a bit intimidating. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and you're studying as well, aren't you? Yes, I started a master's, which is um, in international business. And half the year is in English and the other half is in Spanish. Yeah, so I'm proud of myself, but I got... Because I really, really, really focused on my Spanish since day, day one. I was a bit obsessed about that. That's good, yeah. And... Yeah, I got to the point where it was possible to study. I mean, I made loads of mistakes, <laughs> but it was good enough to mm. be able to do that. And so, what what university are you? With? It's uh, Carlos Tedero, and it's there's, there's two locations that we go to in Madrid, and we go on Friday nights and Saturday mornings. And so, it's four people that are working. Most of the students are working, and if not, they have to get some kind of internship because it's all about. It's really practical. Real really, business. Yeah. Mm. yeah, we're doing real case studies. Um, it's really good. So, but what about your social life though, Teresa? Oh. Friday nights and Saturday mornings? I know, it's gone down the pan. I feel like such a loser at the minute because what I look, for, <laughs> look, look forward to is finishing on a Friday night and coming home and having a big glass of wine and a pizza. <laughs> Every weekend I do that and then Saturday morning I love because it gets me up and I get out. Yeah. And I then usually spend the rest of the day out. Oh, I see. Yeah, because you're already out. So then you just go and meet people after yeah, your lessons. Yeah. 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 And okay. I've met some really nice friends at university. They're all, oh, let's go for a bit after it's lovely. Oh, good. And so when do you graduate? June will be the last month. And July is when we'll have our graduation. I'll have to have my little, what's it? This, this <gasps> like a sash. That I have, yeah. Aww. So that'll be nice. That's That'd be really amazing. Nice. And then I kind of feel like I never have to study ever again. Oh, yeah. I mean, I'm not going to do a PhD, so... No, <laughs> that's it. It'll then you'll be, be then... fully educated. I will be. And I'll then focus on only things that I want to do. Like, I want to start learning Italian a little oh. bit, because my boyfriend is Italian, so... Mm. 
And now that you've learnt Spanish, that will be a little easier. easier. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So do just stuff like that. Wonderful. Do an art lesson or something. Oh, yeah. World is my oyster. So, and um, what do you do now, Caitlin, after you finish teaching? Um, after I finished teaching, I worked for a startup company. Actually, Teresa and I worked together there. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> With Shona. And, um, but now I'm an account manager for uh, Austria and Switzerland. I have about 700 clients, which are travel agencies. And what I do is I sell them uh, our product from our online platform, which consists of hotels and transfers and uh, sightseeing tours, the likes for people who go on holiday. Mm. And so what led you to that? Um, I wanted a change in career uh, and mostly a lot of the work that I've been finding is in German. So being half Austrian, that's quite an advantage. Mm. And um, I definitely don't know where I want to go, but I feel like it's a step in the right direction where it's more serious, business related, um, still customer oriented, but what led me there was I wanted to leave my other job really. <laughs> and it was paying twice the salary, oh, and better hours and everything. Very nice. So, yeah. Okay, um, so now let's talk a little bit about Madrid. So, Caitlin, you have a different perspective than mm -hmm. a lot of the people that we've had on the podcast, well, all of the people that we've had on the podcast, because you've spent some of your childhood and teenage years in Madrid. So, tell us about that. Um, my father worked for an international company as well that moved us around a lot, and we've actually lived in Spain twice. So, the first time was 1994 to, I think, 97, and I was a obviously a little girl so I don't remember that much about it but when we came back in 99 and are still living here um, yeah I did grow up the difficulty was I realize now that though having an international background is absolutely beautiful and and really opens many doors and shows you the world in its true colors I think that it's difficult because a lot of my friends are no longer here a lot mm. of their parents are gone the international lifestyle still has them moving around and so yeah. I don't have any, I still have a lot of good friends here, yeah, absolutely. Um, but Madrid, and, and, and so I'm not very immersed in Spanish culture. Because um, you went to an international school? There were Spanish people there, but um, they're actually also not really living here anymore, not well. even their parents. Huh. So it's an absolutely beautiful country to be in and have grown up in. I loved every single year. Actually, high school was probably some of the, were some of the best years of my life. And um, Spain is always surprising. But I'm so grateful that I get to lead a Spanish lifestyle because now I'm independent and live in the city, whereas I never did. And I know the city very well now, whereas I only knew it according to like the metro stops because that was yeah. the only way I could get into the city. And um, I think now it's a lot more fun to live central and uh, still lead an international lifestyle or to get to meet friends like you guys. Yeah. International. So it's, it's something that I'll continue exploring. I'll yeah, do you, think, do you think that you'll stay in Madrid for the long term? I actually don't. Uh, living in Thailand was so much fun and I feel like I was a different person then. I kind of want to explore who I am and where I could live and mm. see what else is out there. So you're going to continue your international trajectory? Yep. And <laughs> before I do, I will let you guys know. <laughs> come and visit you there. Yeah, I'll come to Thailand, yeah. for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, Teresa, how, 
what do you think about Madrid? I really, really love it. I really love it. I think it's such a, it's a city that kind of has everything apart from the sea, <laughs> but you can get there quite easily. Um, it's beautiful, it kind of reminds me a little bit of London, but a more accessible and easier version of London. Yeah. And the weather's better, so for me it's per perfect, because I am a city girl, I've always grown up in the city and I do prefer it. Um, I like things to be 24 hours open which Madrid has for me. Oh, yeah. I like this, but, yeah. So funny. I once, uh, when I wasn't living in Madrid yet and I came to visit Luke when he was living here before me and on his street there was a 24-hour stationery shop and oh. I just went mental. I was like, what? I cannot believe it. I was like, so we walked past it at like three in the morning. I was like, we have to go in. He was like, do you, do you need anything? Do you need a pen? And I was like, no, I just want to go in. It's 24 hour stationery shop. That's such a random type of shop to be 24 hours. It's such a beautiful city. Yeah. I really, really like it. And do you think you'll stay? For the time being, yes. Um, I have my boyfriend here now as well that we've been together for probably just as, almost just as long as I've been here but he's Italian, so he's not from here. So neither of us are from here. So then that makes me think, okay, if neither of us are from here, our families aren't here, if we do stay together, then we perhaps should go somewhere where it's a little bit more, there's family close by, mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah, it's a struggle, that. Yeah, yeah, and I, I do love Madrid. Maybe I could have a change. I'd be happy for a change, definitely. But I'd also be happy to stay. Yeah, because mm -hmm. I'm... I've travelled a lot and I think I've come to a point where I am a bit more happy to just kind of be in the same city first yeah. and build a life. Mm -hmm. yeah. We like to ask our guests what their favourite day in Madrid would be. What's your like... Oh, like a perfect day out? Yeah. Ooh! Oh, what I've always loved doing is going down to Lago and... Well, <laughs> You've got to start from the top, so you start from where um, Temple of the Gold is, mm -hmm. and then get the cable cuts down. Yeah. Walk round to Lao, and we always, what we do is take a bottle of cava, and we sit on the side of the lake, just on a, not with food, just, just with the cava, drink that. And then we go to a restaurant that's there, um, just on the side, where you cook your own meat. Oh, wow. And it's such a lovely day, and it's just so relaxing, you feel like you're out of the city, it's a bit of a because it's yeah. in Castillo Campo mm -hmm. and then we just have a walk in the afternoon I think that's one that's of my favourite type of days yeah. yeah always really enjoyed yeah. it what about you Caitlin? Oh, um, the local knowledge yeah not so much oh god <laughs> um, there are a variety of things I think if it were a city life then I certainly do like going and having a pan con tomate in the morning and a nice tea and orange juice or something but in the sun on the yes. terrace, that oh. kind of feeling but not central central where it's touristy maybe where um where i live in lavapies it's a good area as well and um generally i like to be around nature so anything like going to the retiro and reading a book or going down to the rio for a run um I also do enjoy, I go typically in front of uh, the Almudena by the Palacio Real. There's this little hill and I really much enjoy watching a sunset with this friend and we go down and walk to the park and stuff. It's really nice over that area. Um, but of course it's always a lot of fun when there are fiestas going on like the Fiesta de la Pies where everyone's dressed up in their attire and 
and out dancing. I love seeing people being out all the time and I love hearing music on the streets, especially guitar and that Spanish vibe and it's, I don't know, it's just good fun. That sounds great. What time of year is the Fiesta de la Fiesta? In August. Yeah? Yeah. I think they're they're almost back to back though. Oh. Yeah. So they're good fun. But I I have the luxury of having my parents outside of the city, so it's always a nice escape to go home. Yeah. yeah. And we have a pool there, so I use them a lot. When I get so nice. Or taking the Renfer cercanías out to the mountains and going for a nice hike in Terceria. It's just yeah. Spain is the second most mountainous country in Europe. And wow. you really see it. It's so beautiful. Yeah, we've got really good opportunities mm-hmm. for seeing nature, haven't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Best of both, the city and the mountain yeah. escape. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much for Thank talking you. to me today, guys. <laughs> I think we'll finish that. That was lovely. Thank, Thank you. you. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed that wonderful interview. That was very I, professionally carried out yeah, by me. Congratulations for doing it by yourself, Rose. <laughs> because I know it's difficult. <laughs> and I know there's not the dynamic that we have. It was such a struggle. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, I really did enjoy talking to Teresa and Caitlin. And that you were you were very upset to be incapacitated and to miss out on, I the, was because on the interview. About five minutes after the podcast ended, I was full of beans. As per usual, you can follow us on Instagram, on Twitter, at Pain in the Class. You can find us on Facebook, also under Pain in the Class. But, very excitingly, we also have a podcast page on iTunes now. Yeah, so, we made it, guys. Yeah, we're famous. Uh, it wasn't difficult. Every, <laughs> everyone loves us now. We are just getting rounds of applause all over the place. Well, the rounds of applause are on Anchor, actually. So we moved from SoundCloud to Anchor uh, as our, our platform. So we're, if you are not an Apple user, you can find us on Anchor. Well, I was actually going to say we got rounds of applause on the street from people oh just random people just random people oh okay 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 well that too yeah but I didn't want to brag about that oh fair, fair enough you know play it cool alright so anyway find us follow us criti- talk to us talk to us critique talk to us uh, critique us tell us what we're doing wrong join in the conversation <laughs> thank you very much and speak to you next